We are back now with breaking news. The December inflation report just out this morning. The latest consumer price index report shows inflation is down one-tenth of a percent versus the month of November and an increase of six and a half percent year over year. So to break down these numbers, we're joined by NBC News business and data reporter Brian Chung, and we're also joined by Investopedia editor-in-chief Caleb Silver. Brian, let's start with you. What sticks out about the report? Any signs of relief in specific categories? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, the big number that we got just about 15 minutes ago was 6.5%. That's how much prices increased between uh, December of last year and December of the year prior. That is a slowdown from the 7.1% we had seen in the month of November, again, comparing year over year. So that's November to November of the prior year. Some current, you know, encouraging signs on the price pressures. Now, where exactly did we see inflation in the month? If we're taking a look at categories, these are the November to October numbers. I'm looking at the November to December numbers. Now, when we're looking at shelter, this is the catch-all for rent and also equivalent mortgage payments. That went up by 0.8%, so that is increasing. But food increasing at a slower rate, that only rising by 0.3%. And then gasoline, we saw some encouraging signs with gas prices at the pump going down, actually declining by, get this, 9.4% just over the month. So a lot changing in that inflation report that we got just a few minutes ago. Caleb, let's bring you in in the conversation. So what's your reaction to the new data out this morning? Any surprises? Yeah, data as expected, it is gasoline that's bringing the overall inflation number down, but you still have those high food prices and you still have those high shelter prices. A lot of that due to the fact that uh, shelter and a lot of folks moving into the rental market because interest rates are so high to mortgage a home. So inflation is still sticky, but it's coming down. But I do want to especially thank uh, President Trump. I don't think you should anybody should doubt his influence. He was with me from the beginning. Somebody wrote the doubt of whether he was there. And he was all in. We're at a very dangerous moment in this country. Um, and it's one of the reasons why many of us uh, were so stunned uh, that the new speaker gave away so much of his authority to a group of extremists in the Republican conference um, who have spent uh, their entire careers trying to blow this place up. Our first orders of legislative business have been exactly what we promised to the American people. We promised on day one to repeal Joe Biden's army of 87,000 new IRS agents, and yesterday we did just that. Today we will counter the Chinese Communist Party with our select committee on China. We will vote to protect every American's constitutional rights with the new select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. We will also vote to stop the Biden administration from selling our strategic petroleum reserves to China. Kevin McCarthy booting controversial Democrats from key House committees. The new speaker making good on his promise to remove Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell from House Intel. Republicans say Swalwell can't be trusted after his relationship with suspected Chinese spy Fang Fang. And Schiff being shown the door for saying things like this. I've been very clear over the last uh, year, year and a half, uh, that there is ample evidence of collusion in plain sight. Uh, in fact, every act that I pointed to as evidence of collusion has now been borne out by the report. The obstruction of justice uh, in particular in this case is far worse than anything that Richard Nixon did. I would say in every way this is more significant than Watergate. <laughs> Ilhan Omar also being removed from the Foreign Affairs Committee over anti-Semitic comments. GOP Rep Byron Donalds shutting down MSNBC's Joy Reid while pointing out Democrats set the precedent of kicking members off the committees. What we told Democrat leadership when they went down this, this pathway of removing members from committee is basically saying you should not do that 
because if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Let's be very clear. Ilan Omar has said things that are reprehensible. Sounds like using committee no, leadership no, no. You for vengeance, but that's wanna, what you just if said. If you want to change the rules, then we'll live by your rules. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol, when I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, they found some documents in a box in a locked cabinet, or at least a closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box. And they did what they should have done. They immediately called the archives, immediately called the archives, turned them over to the archives, and I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. You saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago. What did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. Congressman, Congressman Santos, what, what is your response to those that are calling for you to resign? Um, I will not resign. I will be continuing to hold my office elected by the people. I think this gives us a really important data point and a really important moment uh, to understand what we're going to need uh, moving forward. Uh, but obviously, our more immediate focus is technical, understanding exactly how this happened, uh, why the redundancies and the backups that were built into the system were not able to prevent the level of disruption that we saw today. You, President Biden, you are the first president of the United States in a very long time that has not built not even one meter of wall. And that, we thank you for that, sir. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 115 here on a crisp morning in January in Washington, D.C., Thursday, January 12th. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle. And I'm Mike McKenna, and we were told last night at dinner that we weren't as sharp as we could have been and on our last game week. last week, so we're going <laughs> to yeah. step it up today. All right, listen, the inflation numbers came out this morning, 6.5 year over year. Yeah. Prices are still high. I, uh, but they're coming down. They're coming down. Yes. Yeah, that's, you know, it... Um... <laughs> We're heading. I, this is you were looking at home prices go over the roof, go go over the cliff. Car prices go over the cliff, right? Used car prices. We are heading into some really rocky um, seas here. Yeah, I mean, the only reason that it, it's even flat is because gas prices plummeted. Plummet. Plummet. Plum, plummet's a good word. Plummeted. I like plummeted. 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 So, you know, I I, I fear, however, that people are becoming sort of adjusted inured right yeah people so, get used to anything right i guess anyway i still haven't gotten used to this stuff but what the hell it's awfully expensive it's expensive out there ladies and gentlemen all right after a long and protracted battle of successions of votes after votes after votes kevin mccarthy finally got what his life's ambition was. Yeah, man. 
the gavel. Good for 15th him. 15th try. Good for him. 15 is the magic number. He got it. Uh, the, 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 the sort of never uh, McCarthyers, they, um, they voted present. They, they create a path for him by voting present. I want to, I want to say that um, I am uh, unlike Jim McGovern from Massachusetts, who said that the, the <laughs> we're in a danger, we're in dangerous times here in the house for, for the speaker having the audacity to give up some of his authority to the rank and file. Last thing right? we want to do is have people vote. Right? What, what could happen yeah. then? Yeah. Anyway, so uh, my point being is that uh, he got it. He, he gave up a lot to get it, but he got it, and here we are. So. There you go. Um, and by the way, his team. Let me just give a quick shout out to his to his crew. They did a good job, especially his floor manager. And I'm not saying that just because he's a friend of mine. Go ahead. Well, I mostly would like to say too that um, I would I think that the 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 gang of twenty. Did an exemplary did job. Did a really good job. It's a, it's a, it, it is a great example of what you can do with focus and discipline, even with a small group of people. Yeah. I and also, uh, it's funny how quickly Fox, like, flipped on it. Like, wow, this is actually a pretty good deal after all. Like, yeah. they were literally in bed with, with Kev, for Kevin McCarthy, right? Like, yeah. Well, they had to be, right? Because he's on all the time. So. I mean, he's a piece. He's, he might as well be a contributor. I will say one thing. Um and we're gonna. I, I hope we're not going to talk too much more about this. But the one guy who actually deserves most of the credit here, apart from, um, and this just physically pains me to say, Matt Gates deserves a bunch of credit. Well, I think but, Bobert too. I mean, but the, the, it, but the guy who deserves the most credit for this, for making good stuff happen, and then climbing down after the good stuff had happened, is Chip, Chip Roy. Roy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Chip Roy is. Um, I was asked about this by a reporter on the way in this morning. Chip. Um, you know, he wanted me to do a rundown of the gang of 20, and I have opinions about all of them. I, I, I said what I think is the truth about Chip. He's got himself a, a good sense of what he wants to accomplish, and he's um, understands the, the thing. He knows of, when to say yes. He knows the doable, right? He That's gets the contours right. of the doable. And the other thing, and this is a foundational element, he's not angry. He's That's a, right. He's, he's not happy, angry. He's a happy warrior. He's very pleasant, yeah. right? He, he loves. He likes you know, people. I, His general attitude is, "I'm sure you and I can agree. I'm just not sure what about yet." He was talking to us, a small group of us, on Tuesday, and uh, he said, "You know, the funniest, the, the funniest threat that I received during this whole process was that you're going to lose your seat." He's like, "You mean I get to go home to sure. Texas and and like." you know, be with my family and get a job and, and go and work in the state that I love. Boy, that is a severe punishment. I, you know, I, I, I couldn't bear the possibility of not you being know the elected funny thing about that, The funny thing about that is he was in a competitive um, race this go around. Sure. You know, so, so the idea of him, he's like, he's won a couple of times in a competitive seat. He's like, I'm not afraid of this. And besides, like you say, worst thing can happen, you go home, become president of TPPF and, Right. So do good uh, work and be happy. Of course, Biden on Biden's documents and Biden on Trump's documents. Quite a contrast. But let's hold that for for this. this is, yeah, this was that was all before. There is more to that discuss was all before here. The second batch. Right. And <laughs> the third batch, by the way, in the garage. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Congressman Santos holding strong. I can't, I can't figure <laughs> out. Nassau County Republicans all said, leave the seat. 
one one member from the delegation has now called for his resignation. He's he's not going anywhere, or at least he he will be. Uh, you know, there'll be have to be some kind of an act or something. I can't figure out whether I like this I guy. Get, but that's or what I was. Don't. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, I, I can't. Now I'm starting to feel like I'm rooting for the underdog or yeah, whatever. That's right? It, that's it, right? I mean, and that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, and I'm just trying to think. Why? Why do I like not want him gone? Yeah, and you're just like, I just sort of like the general. Uh, moms cover your children's ears. It's the general sort of f you attitude towards the whole thing. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I'm not sure he's one of us, but. He, <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing too is you know the Dems want him out because then the, it, it sure. narrows the margin. Sure. So there's nothing else going on. But the thing is, is normally normally Republicans would yeah, do yeah, would yeah. would resign. Yes, right? of course. That's the old Republican Party. The new Republican Party has been a little bit butched up in your in your in, yeah. to, to quote a phrase of, that you I, like to use. Look, I don't know how to so, say this. I don't know how to say this the right way. So I'm just going to say it. Barney Frank sat around in the house forever, even after it had become obvious that he'd paid multiple prostitutes for sex. Jer- right? uh, what was the Jerry guy? Studs. Jerry Studs. Jerry Studs had nailed an intern yeah. and still hung yeah. around the house. Yes. So, and, and in the house today, today, this very day, we have a guy who, I don't know how to say this nicely, so I'm just going to say it, was in, was was allowed himself to be entrapped. That's the nicest way I can say it, by a Chinese espionage agent. Um, he's sitting on the Intelligence Committee, for the love of well, God. Well, not anymore. Yeah, I, we'll get to that, too. Yeah. So this guy, Santos, don't get me wrong. I, I don't know if he's broken any laws. He may have. He may not have. But we've, we've suffered a lot yeah, worse. Yeah, there are worse offenders. And we're suffering right, right now, right? What's his name all with the uh, Ways and Means? With the kite, with the stamps. Dan Rostenkowski. Dan Rostenkowski. I'll tell you what, the the lady from Minnesota who's uh, married to her brother. brother. Yeah, or... She's gone too. She's, she got kicked. She got demoted from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's still in the house. Right, exactly. So that, that leads to the segue for that. Uh, Donald's, who is obviously becoming a rock star. You know, uh, a friend of mine. The, from, uh, it's funny. Ranks. It, two and a half years ago, before he got elected the first time. One of my best friends in the whole world, Bruiser Brown, told me, he said, you want to watch out for this guy. He's going to be a star. And, I, you know, people say that, you know, yeah, whatever, you know. He says, all through his first term, he's like, you want to go see him. You want to get yeah, in now because he's going to be a star. Gonna be, yeah, right. And here we are. Yep, yeah, exactly. I paid no attention to you, Bruiser. I'm sorry. So, yeah, he went into the lion's den and, and took on Joy Reid. And uh, she, she, it was a, it was that's fine, whatever the interview I was, was. especially – the interview was fine. What I was impressed with when he, when he got nominated, right, he, and the press was oh, yeah. banging on him about it, he didn't get out over his skis, nor did he shrink away. He's just like, hey, man, I've been, my name's been placed in nomination. Let's vote. Let's do it. Right? You know, at, at some point, somebody asked him, he says, he says are you worried about, you know, um, not repercussions, but, you know, retribution or something? And he kind of – he smiled a little bit. He's a big guy, right? He smiled a little bit. He says, "Man, I'm six foot two, two hundred seventy-five pounds. I don't worry about that stuff." And I, I just thought, well, "That's kind of an odd answer." But on the other hand, it's how like a normal American might answer. Like, right. "Are you drunk? What's wrong with you, man?" So Mayor Pete, uh, he's competing with the Vice President for word salads. Uh, I private jet, Pete. I. I th- in that phrase, he used the words, really important point moment are going to moving forward. If you strike out all of those words, you get, this gives us 
data to understand what we need. And uh, this, I'm going to attribute this to a guy named Jeff Tucker, um, who is the president of the Brown Institute, which is a, you know, sort of a free market. Which is not the Gray Indian Institute. Look, I, 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 here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing about. He, here's the he's thing, the worst. He's the best. Here's the thing he's about. He's the Pistol, worst. Here's the thing about Pistol Pete. First off. You, you got to know that we need to move forward into the future, unburdened by what has been. <laughs> we need to focus on what could be. The other thing about it is he started his life as a management consultant. And you know what? He still talks like a management consultant. Yeah. Like the guy doesn't actually run anything. He's still like a guy from McKinsey who's like, you know, what we need to do is we need a data point, blah, 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 blah. And that'll be $75,000, please. I mean, it's just, yeah, it. Well, it also is the, the <laughs> so tick bad. of a man this. or a woman who has doesn't know either does not know the subject matter or does not understand. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, McKinsey, same, so. same. You know what? I warned everybody about this. I said South Bend as a whole. This guy was the mayor. Those two things are related. He's going to be terrible. Here we are. Well, they were very busy uh, changing the name of that system and removing the word man and putting in mission. Uh, before the, you know, the glitch, quote unquote, that they're calling it. So I have no glitch. idea what that was. I'm not even sure. I have no, there, idea. no one is even explaining any of it. Yeah, I have right? no idea. It's just well, this, well, the whole system went down and so did the re so did the backup redundancy systems. And so we got to figure it out. The press, the, the media in this town, the beat reporters are now either so deep into their own into their own personal grievances or they're so tangled up in writing about what miserable sons of bitches the Republicans are. Yeah, we'll get to that. When too. something like this happens, right. they have they have no conception of like, how do we even tell this story? It doesn't there is there's no interest in yeah. telling stories. Yeah. There's just interest in, you know, yeah. Helping out the team. Yeah. If you, you know, if you obfuscating if, that, which is like a legitimate story, right? I, you know, if we were better organized, we'd bring uh, we'd bring Politico's transportation vertical in here and just read their morning write up of this thing. I yeah. guarantee you would be 80 percent propaganda. Right. Or Axios. So. Same, same. Yeah. All right. So the uh, the president of Mexico um, thanked <laughs> President Biden for being the first president in a very long time. Gracias, senor. Not to build one meter of wall. And for that, I thank you, yeah. President Biden. Speaking as an American, anytime anybody uses meter in a sentence, you probably should be opposed to it, whatever's <laughs> yeah, coming. Exactly. Just, you know, whatever it is. I announcements. Any announcements from uh, you today, Yeah, I got sir? two. One, I was probably wrong about that snowplow. It turns out that Jeremy Renner was, in fact, run over by an industrial-sized snowplow. Um, not a, not he a, wasn't running it? Not, no. Someone else? I, I assume so. Yeah. Somebody sent me a picture of it. What's said, the hey, latest? Said, hey, I think uh, you were that. wrong. I don't know. I just got this picture from oh, a guy okay. who said, hey, I think you were wrong about that. So I'm like, okay. So I want to correct that. Correct that record. Obviously, I'm in this mode today. Yes, I heard that rumor. Um, the other thing I want to point out is that Brian Klippenstein, who is never wrong, um, chided us for missing Bobby Duvall's best line ever, Charlie Don't Surf. From oh, that was now. a good one too. There were so many, in that and one. that's what he said. He said it's he said, hard to like. He said, know. "I know you guys. He said, I know you guys do what you can, but you miss this right, one." I'm right. like, "Okay." So correcting break? that, right? See, this breaks a double break. Um, it's true. So. Got to be careful on those double breaks, especially on the Pacific. They'll right. run you over. Um, and then the other announcement is, of course, to thank um, Christopher Icavella for spending time with us yesterday and pointing out to us that we were a little 
yeah. less sharp than we could have been yeah, last I week. I blame the producer for that, though. He could have tightened up that stuff <laughs> last week. <laughs> He's busy getting... Shit rolls downhill there, producer. <laughs> he was busy getting drunk at Central right, Michigan so beat. I would like to give a shout out to my mother and ask for some prayers. She just re- is uh, got out of hip surgery, uh, but she's they're having a little trouble trying to stabilize her blood pressure. So she's been in the hospital for about three days now. So a couple prayers would be appreciated for her to get home, start the recovery process. And I do uh, thank you for introducing me to Chris. Chris. He's yeah. a good dude. Uh, and Grazia, no, Grazia Nona is worth the wait. It was worth waiting six years for that thing to open up. I don't know about that. I've been, so, this is the second time I've been here. I was like, I like it. It's first, old first, school. The first time I really. It's good old school Italian. Yeah, I guess. The first time know? I really enjoyed myself last night, I was like, yeah. It's okay. I thought the sauce was good too. Probably I'll, the I'll order a pasta dish next Probably time. The, the pizza's company. pretty good. Probably the company. So, all right. This day in history was really, really just bad. There was just nothing good. What so we, I went with 12th? yesterday. January 11th. Yeah, yeah, I went with yesterday. Go ahead. Some more stuff yesterday worth talking about. Hit it. 1928. 1928. In not this part of the world, but in the eastern part of Europe. 1928. Um, I have no idea. Okay, that was the uh, day. This was the day (laughs) that uh, Joseph Stalin. Oh, God, uh, wound up in charge. Exiled Leon Trotsky. Yeah. A leader of the Bolshevik Revolution and early architect of the Soviet state. Anybody want to tell me? Reported to Alma Ata in remote Soviet Central Asia. You know where he wound up, of course. Uh, well, he was born in Ukraine. Wound up in Mexico City. Yes, he did. With a nice was, pick in his head. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Thank that's you what always much. happens when you get, get tangled up with He was fatally wounded with an ice axe and died from wounds the next day. All right, let's move on to something a little lighter. 1973. Uh, January 11th, 1973. Uh, this... I'll, give you a, I'll give you a name and then you, you'll guess what it is. Charlie Finley. Uh, Charlie Finley tried to move the uh, move the Mm-mm. Charlie Finley. No, 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 no. Okay, well, go ahead. I'll give you one more hint. It's something that has, from that day to today, has been very controversial in baseball. Free agency. Nope. Go ahead. One more. Uh, one more try. I don't know. The designated hitter oh. rule was adopted but in the American in the League American League yeah, in 1973. Yeah. Well, now everybody has it. So what difference so. does it make? Yeah, well, I'm the whole game is right. 1989, sir. On this day in 1989, I thought it was ironic that on this day in 1928, Trotsky was exed out. And on this day in 1989, a certain gentleman, president, gave his final address to the nation. Oh, Ronald Reagan, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. After eight years as president, Ronald Reagan gave his farewell address to the American people. In his speech, President Reagan spoke with particular enthusiasm about the foreign policy achievements of his administration. He declared that America has rediscovered its commitment to world freedom in the 80s, and the United States was respected again in the world and looked to for leadership. Legit, one of the saddest days of my life was January 20th, 1989, which is funny because I was working the inaugural for the Bush guys, right? And... um, and uh, I was on the premises on the back end of the Capitol when, um, you know, the president walked through and took the helicopter out to um, Andrews Air Force Base to go away. And I was standing there with a friend of mine who had worked in the Reagan administration as well. And he, as the helicopter took off and flew away, he looked at me and says, tell me this isn't the saddest day of your life. 
I'm like, eh, it's not the saddest, but it's yeah, in the top ten for sure. Up there, man, he was he was something else. I mean, he's the reason I got into all this. Sure, he's a son of a. He's the he's he's the one who ruined my he's life. The one who ruined my life <laughs> too. Just, That's where we all have a out in you know Buffalo or Lodi somewhere flipping. If you know, not pizzas. us, who? And if not now, all right. When? Let's get into this uh, weaponization uh, select committee on the weaponization of. All right. Now, yes. uh, the technical term is what? The Select Commission. Select Committee. Select Committee on the Actually, Weapon. Actually, I think it's a subcommittee. I think they're going to put it under oversight. I'm not completely sure. I didn't, I didn't Weapon, read it. Weaponization of. Federal government. The federal government. I don't. Okay. It's, it's... So if, you, if, if you're looking for a, to, a way to shorten it, it's going to be WTF. <laughs> weaponization of the federal government. <laughs> G. WTFG. <laughs> All right. And they're hopeless. They're just not really good no, at naming this, stuff. Uh, like it just—it doesn't roll off the tongue. Well, it's it, not you like you know. Forget all that. It's 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 message deficient, right? It's message deficient. You know, the church commissions, uh, the church committee's official title was "Select Committee to Investigate the Federal Bureau of Investigation and Its Abuses." I'm like, okay, right. no, I know what that's about. I know. I don't understand why we couldn't have just called this thing. A select committee or a special committee to investigate the FBI and its abuses. Yeah. Now the church committee got into the CIA and NSA too. That it, it, weaponization of the federal government. Yeah. What, who, what children pick this yeah. stuff out? You're idiots. Okay. So uh, you did a column in Sorry. the Washington Times. Our our partners here at the Unregulated Podcast. I we were talking about this at dinner last night. Who is the one? And I usually I usually like let you kind of. Ramble. Have your, you know, I did this and I did this and I'm great and I'm great. Shut up. But, and I just kind of let you do it. But in this case, I am going to give you the credit, oh, square, boy. flat out credit for this. You are the first person in this town. And anyone out there, find, find the information that says I'm not uh, accurate here. You're the first person in this town to call for this very commission. True. I think and that's I, true. And I applaud you, sir. So you want to give highlights of your column or do you want me to since you wrote it? I'm happy to. I'm just, you know, it's I've, I've written the same thing three times. I started writing it two years ago. It's um, <laughs> the amount of stuff that we know about what's happened is pretty impressive, right? I mean, we know that the FBI um, tried to twist the 2016 campaign. We know they tried again in 2020. We know they surveilled journalists. We know they surveilled campaigns. We know that they um, multiple FBI agents uh, and employees committed perjury to, in front of FISA courts. Um, we now know that the FBI, UCAA, and the NSA to surveil American citizens. That nugget came out a week ago, right? Um, I'm not even getting into the historical problems with the FBI. We know a bunch of things. And, you know, what worries me about this weaponization committee, this WTFG committee, is um, like WTF, Gary. Um, <laughs> uh, what worries me about it is, is that I think Jim Jordan's going to wind up in charge of it somehow or one of the, one of the, one of the people who is more interested in social media or whatever. 
this needs to be a serious thing because this is a serious I'm thing. I'm 100% in agreement with you on that. And I, we're accused of agreeing with each other too much, but I have to agree with you on this one. So. It's a terrible thing when you let guys with guns and badges decide who, are gonna, who your political leaders Absolutely. are going to be. Because eventually, eventually you wind up with a barracks emperor. You wind up with a guy with a gun and a badge who's your leader. Um, ask the Russians, right? They got Putin now. So – I'm 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 glad that we caught the bus. I'm super concerned about how this thing yeah. goes over the next six months. Can I play a clip from uh, one of our new favorite congressmen, Dan Bishop? Sure. Okay, here it is. I thank the chairman, Mr. Speaker. With great power comes great responsibility. We entrust our Department of Justice, FBI, and intelligence community with great power to keep us safe. And yet, as long as these agencies have existed, they violated Americans' civil rights, everyday Americans. The security state believes itself to be above the Constitution and the laws passed by Congress. Or perhaps the belief is only tacit. It is aware only of power, not authority, power. The FBI spied on Frank Sinatra, John Lennon, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Muhammad Ali because they were national security threats. Celebrities, but everyday Americans as to their constitutional rights. The intelligence community abused power to spy on presidential candidates, a sitting president and members of Congress and their staffs. The FBI continuously coordinated with social media companies to moderate social content the public square. So contemptuous are they and out of touch when confronted with this just weeks ago, they said we were merely engaged in uh, engaging with our community partners. <laughs> Leading up to the 2020 election, the FBI worked hand in hand with Twitter and Facebook to silence the Hunter Biden laptop story. Concealment from everyday Americans. They've continued to censor in silence criticism of COVID policies and vaccine mandates to the harm of everyday Americans. In 2013, the former director of the National Intelligence, James Clapper, lied to Congress about the NSA collecting data on millions of Americans, yet he's escaped a reckoning. The NSA spied on groups including Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International and other NGOs. FBI contractors conducted thousands of searches on NSA databases. Yeah. It kind of goes on a little bit. It can go just, on. You got to get a little it, bit of a flavor of this, well, guys. Thing is, this is real. This is for. It, this is it, real stuff. Th- th- and that's the and thing. you know what the media is going to do, right? Oh, it's MAGA, Here, MAGA extreme, see, and it's rhetoric. Here's the and thing, right? There's so much evidence now in so many different directions, in so many different places, right? It's not just the FBI. It's the FDA and the IRS and NSA and CIA. And the thing is, the media should be on our side. They got surveilled, 100%. too. They got surveilled, too. 100%. So I, I'm not exactly sure how this story turns out. I wish, I wish, I wish that this would involve people from outside of Congress. This needs to involve former respected members of the law enforcement and intelligence and national security um, apparatus in this country. We need to have a 360 examination of what's going on here. Sorry. No, you don't have to apologize at all. This is an important subject. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Do you want to get into some energy and environment probably, and I'm probably climate get, stuff? Probably going to get shot on the way home one of these nights. 
God uh, let's let's change the subject. God, a God knows I've been asking for it. All right. Um, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention we we're talking about Congressman Santos. He did a nice little burn on Adam Kinzinger. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Said, yeah. Kinzinger said, uh, "Resign now." Uh, it, again, probably why I like him. Go on at CNN and cry about it. <laughs> so. It's fun. Energy and environment. All right, all right. Energy and So you, I got a few got? things. I got a few things. Uh, one of what them do you, that got? you what sent you got? me, uh, and uh, and I'll get into the EV. Let's start EVs first. Okay. Uh, this from the Wall Street Journal. <clears throat> Who wrote it? January 10th, Sean McClain and Nora Eckert. I know them. Several top Rivian executives oh, depart the electric okay. vehicle What's startup. the date on this? What's the date on this? January 10th. Wow, because that, that story seems to like cycle back every six months or so. Go I ahead. know, right? Yeah. So, recent exits include the heads of body engineering and parts purchasing. Um, the departures confirmed by Rivian spokesman are the latest developments in what has been a challenging <laughs> period for <laughs> Rivian. <laughs> Sure. Which has been rolling out its first all-electric models, but last year missed a critical milestone of manufacturing 25,000 vehicles. Uh, Rivian stock has also tumbled since its blockbuster IPO in November 2021, down roughly 79% through Thursday's close. The executives who left were some of their longer-tenured employees. So this this luxury brand, this luxury item, this luxury good, yeah, continues to uh, impress impress me at how big of a scam it is. It's you know the company reported a net loss of five billion for the first nine months of twenty twenty two. That's a big loss. And its cash pile fell to thirteen point eight billion at the end of September, down from fifteen in June. So. Even with all of this, there's still like these. The street is still shoveling money down there. That's because they always, you know, look, until it turned out it was run by a bunch of children who were using it to run their own personal lives. Everybody was like buying FTX, like it was a legitimate Uh, thing. Yeah, exactly. I have no, I have no confidence. There's a lot more to that FTX thing. Of course there is. I have no confidence. That was a setup from the beginning. I have no confidence in the stock market anymore. All right, here's another one. This one is from Car Dealer Magazine. Tesla prices are in free fall. Yeah. As latest used car data shows huge drops in value. Gee, who's been talking about the fact that there won't be a used car market for automobiles that require you to spend 30 to 40% of the cost of the vehicle to switch out the battery. I wonder where that's where yeah. that's been coming from you're, lately. You're, you need to make a commitment to a car. I mean, vehicles of the popular electric cars are in a tailspin as experts blame rising electric prices and swaths of new models arriving seriously damaging prices. The Model 3 is the worst performing electric car according to industry used car pricing experts cap HPI losing some 23% in the latest year alone. In the table of the worst appreciating electric cars, Tesla takes up three of the top five spots. Yeah. You, you know, I, I mean, I've said this for, we've said this for a number of years. We're eventually going to find out what the ceiling on this stuff is. I'm not sure where it is, but I get the feeling we're heading towards it pretty quick. Maybe I'm wrong. Battery electric vehicles remain the most challenging area of the used car market through the last month of 2022 as values reduced for the fourth consecutive months. 
Who's going to buy where, it? And where are you going to put all these batteries? The sludge, the toxic Rick sludge. Rick subpart D. So. Subpart D? I think it's Rick subpart D. Um, uh, waste site waiting to happen. The whole operation. They're going to recycle them, Tom. Yeah. And here's the other one. There's one more on EVs. This is from the Wall Street Journal. This is from January 6th. And um, I, I... Epiphany. U.S. EV sales jolted higher in 2022 as 5.8%. 5.8. As newcomers target Tesla. But here's the kicker. (laughs) Electric vehicle purchases jumped with Ford, Hyundai, and Kia gaining ground and Volkswagen and GM slipping. Mm. So uh, automakers sold 807,184. Fully electric vehicles in the U.S. last year, or 5.8% of all sold, up from 3.2 a year earlier. Yeah, part of that is, of course, because we only sold about 13 million cars in this country yes, last year. Yes, we talked about this Because of supply day. chain problems. It, it, we, we should have sold about 17 million. It, and we found, I found out yesterday Which means from it, your friend, they're putting a $10,000 yeah. <laughs> quote-unquote inventory Tax. surcharge yeah they're charging msrp and forcing you to pay ten thousand dollars on top of it no yeah. wonder no one's buying them well they were trying to sell mustangs he was uncomfortable with the mustang I think. <laughs> <laughs> ford motor company jumped to the number two position in ev sales accounting for 7.6 percent of the market according to motor intelligence data hyundai and affiliate kia combined were a close third GM's position in the EV market edged down after it halted sales of its. Where have you heard this one before? After it halted sales of its top selling electric car, the Chevrolet Bolt, to fix a battery cell defect that led to some fires. General Motors, (laughs) I'm telling you right now, I have a. I know. She is. She's destroying this company. I lived in a GM town, like Lockport, New York, made radiators. For General Motors, everyone in the town worked for or was a supplier to that plant. I I mean, my whole family bought GM cars their whole lives. I've got one. I I, I cannot believe. And she's the one who's hiring Joe Biden's niece to be the sustainability officer at the company. She's gone all in on government motors. And they're not even keeping up with Ford and Hyundai on on EV sales. So I don't know how or when it ends. I don't know. The good news is Ford is sending a Mustang to to race Ferrari at Le Mans. I'm assuming that it's not going to be that stupid electric Mustang (laughs) thing. Is that... Can you call that a Mustang? Uh, no, it's not a Mustang. Um, okay. But the thing with the nameplate, the Mustang. But I- I'm looking forward to to an actual Mustang racing in Le Mans. I want to see how that goes. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm going to ask a bunch of questions right, about what, why it is an electric Mustang. Practically speaking, what can and what should we do this year to try to claw back some of this garbage uh, that passed in the Inflation Ramp-Up Act? Nothing. Not going to happen, right? No, I mean, well, the, look, the, the one of the rules, the rules guys are going to try. Why? Right? One of the one of the rules is um, one of the rules changes was they have to vote on uh, on resetting the FY. I'm un- I'm unclear exactly what they're doing, whether it's resetting the baseline and going forward, but they want to reset the baseline to FY22, and that's the baseline now for budgeting. Um, so, 
you know, if you went up with a 22 budget baseline, you could negotiate some of this stuff back in either um, debt ceiling or probes. I'm not sure what the Republicans in the Senate are going to do on this stuff. You know, if the Republicans, if you get a couple of Republicans in the Senate to play along, you maybe could get something done. But, um, you know, it well, also, maybe you can get Manchin to do something for a change. Yeah. I mean, he's the one who got us into this mess. It's possible. I mean, if you by think, not reading his own bill, if you think about it, if you think about it this way, um, maybe what the speaker thing showed was that the Republicans aren't terribly concerned about, um, having a little fracas in public. They're just like, eh, whatever. That's probably, you know, if you're sitting there on the other side, if you're a Democratic senator, you're like, eh, these guys are crazy. They might do something crazy. Yeah, they might make us work. It It's, if you're going into negotiation, it's probably good to have the other side wonder whether you're serious or not. All right. Um, this is from New York Times, our, our one of our favorite publications, the New York Times. This is from today. I, I I'm writing a paper that references the New York Times not once, not twice, but three times. In a speech on Federal Reserve Independence, Chair Jerome H. Powell emphasized that climate change should be addressed by elected officials. Agree. Jerome Powell uh, said that to retain its independence from politics, the central bank must, quote, stick to its knitting. And that means it is not the right institution to delve into issues like mitigating climate change. Quote, without explicit congressional legislation, it would be inappropriate for us to use our monetary policy or supervisory tools to promote a greener economy or to achieve other climate-based goals, said Mr. Powell, who delivered his comments uh, at a conference held by Sweden Central Bank. We are not and will not be a climate policy maker. However, our good friend Phil Kirpin pointed out that his caveat was, was that, of course, it does not mean that we shouldn't mitigate the risks of climate change within the banking community. Yeah, yeah the office of... So, like, that's his escape clause, right? Yeah, it, I, I read it. You know, I read I read that statement three or four different times. I mean, I'm I'm grateful because I, any any statement that, like, you know, brings everybody back to the center line is good. Absolutely. Um, you're, you're converting me on this. This yeah, is why I brought it up and put it into the show. You know, but I'm kind of like Phil, right? You, you know, you want to, you want to, you want to, yeah, that's great. That's but, super. Call me up when the office of the comptroller of the currency stop asking stops asking questions about people's investments, and exactly. then we'll then we'll talk. Call me when the, when the Biden administration withdraws the SEC regulation. Yeah, right. Yeah, the you know, climate so. risk disclosure thing, um, the labor, the ERISA thing, and labor. Right. I mean, there's a bunch of ESG things that like. I get you, Jerry. I'm I'm totally cool with you, Governor. But um, deeds are better than words. Words right. words are better than nothing, but deeds are better than words. Bingo. That's that's what my advice for Jamie Dimon too, because he's talking a lot of stuff, but well, I don't see his again bank making a lot of moves again, in the opposite direction. Converts. I hear you. Not heretics. I hear you. All right. I am. Oh, I got one more. Um, you will pry my gas stove. <laughs> From my cold, dead hands. People have lost their damn minds. <laughs> so Trumpka's son, I guess, apparently has a plum job in the Biden administration. News to me, right? He looks, he looks just like, just like him. Shape you know the, who he looks like? Shape the mustache. Jordan McGillis. He does. Take a look. Does kind of. Shape the mustache. Uh, anyway, so this is the beginning, right? This is a trial balloon. For, for those who don't know what we're talking about, the 
Consumer Product Safety Commission trumped up uh, uh, some fake news, some some junk science about they dredged up gas a, stoves. Yes, yeah, so so the study that they cited that caused all the problems was uh, a controlled experiment whereby they covered every single thing in the kitchen. Yeah, so that in was, like plastic, and there was yeah. no ventilation. So that was the, 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 so the that was the stove for about ten minutes. Yeah, that was the Stanford study. Um, that was a Stanford study. The study that the that the Trumpka was referencing was the Rocky Mountain Institute study, which was a meta study. Looked at looked yeah. Consider it, the source. It, it, it looked right, of course. It looked at the Rocky Mountain Institute. For those of you who don't know, is a, a nest of communists and ne'er do wells. Um, um, I take it back. I don't know if they're communists. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the Rocky Mountain Institute looked at 27 studies on this topic and concluded that almost 13% of all childhood asthma is um, on account of gas stoves. Here's the problem. There's about 330 studies that are contrary to that, that they didn't look at. That's right. And, and the other studies that they did look at, they misapprehended. It, it's very possible that uh, the Washington Times is going to run a column of mine on Monday that's going to lay out all these studies and kind of go through it one at a time. Yeah. It, it, I mean, this, go ahead. You, I know, no, I, no. I, you, well, I was just going to say just this. finish it so, up. So the you, Consumer you, you, Product you, Safety Commission, you know, right away, the other commissioners took four giant steps backwards, like, whoa, we're not going to do anything, yabber, yabber, because the pushback was so intense and immediate. Two no, things. No, the pushback wasn't intense in the media. The, uh, no, no, no. The, push, the, the pushback against against the CSPC was, was so was, intense. Was intense. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there's two things that are going on here. Um, first off, um, let's just. I'm going to write this up here shortly. The um, light bulbs ban, the incandescent That's light bulb right. ban, finally took effect. Yeah. January first. 13, 12 days ago, 11 days yeah, ago, right? Stock up on your yeah. indecents. They're clearly thinking about panning stoves. No, they're not clearly Be thinking because, about the next step. Because, because, because they've already banned natural gas in new buildings in the federal government. I want to say 10 or 12 states and about 40 or 50 or 60 um, cities and counties. I got, I'll get exact numbers, but and I know there's either 90 who have done it, 90 states, cities, or counties who have done it or are thinking about it. So this is not like a this is not like a thing that's not happening. This is happening right now. Yeah, this is pipelines ten years ago. Right? Yeah, like we joke, we laugh, ha ha ha. Private. This is their. This is how they yeah. do. Right. This is and, what they do. This is a systematic, long term goal of theirs. Sure. You knock the stove out. You take away some of the demand for natural gas. And Trump was just stupid enough to say it out loud. And and your your girl, your girl from Buffalo, literally, literally Tuesday night in her state of the state. Yeah, she she snucks. said she said I want to I want right. to preclude She's natural not my gas. Girl for the record. She's your girl. Okay, so but here's this is also how this works. In in 24 hours there were no less than nearly four identical stories all with the same theme. And the theme is as follows. This is from uh yahoo money.yahoo.com how the gas stove became the newest player in the Republican culture war. <laughs> That's easy. Richie. Republicans have chosen an ubiquitous kitchen appliance as their freshest source of fury in the culture war. The humble gas stove. Well, we didn't really I'll never it. give up my gas stove. If the maniacs in the White House come for it, they can pry it from my cold, dead hands. Come and take it, said Ronnie Jackson, uh, the former physician, now congressman from Texas. Conservative podcaster Matt Walsh sang an identical tune 
et cetera, et cetera. The agency commissioner Trump had told Bloomberg that the gas stoves are a hidden hazard, any options on the table. After the controversy erupted, uh, CP, CSPC chair Sarek took to Twitter and to push back on media reports on Wednesday. We're merely researching gas emissions in stoves. We're not talking about taking away existing stoves, I'm paraphrasing. We're talking about going forward. Like some of that's okay. We're, we're talking about banning them going forward. Maybe, possibly. Yeah. Right? You know the other thing that's going on here. This is a this is like the incandescent light bulb. This is a dress rehearsal for cars. Of course. And, and California's already Cali of course. California has already banned the internal combustion engine effective in uh we got twelve years now? Twelve years. So, you know, these pattern and practice, ladies and gentlemen, pattern and practice. It's just this is how this is how they are. We were having uh, meetings about what we're gonna do this year. We we talked about like what is the thing that we're going to say right now that the left goes berserk and crazy about, but then they stick to it. They're like pit bulls. They just go and they grind and they grind and they grind. And then they get, they, they, get, what they, they get what they want. They get what they want. Right. Cars might be a different matter. Yeah. Oh, the, the, that's going to, that's ambitious, but they're still going for it. Right. I was actually gratified to see the response on stoves. I was also, by the way, entertained, entertained, mind you. By the um, by the various and assorted collectivists, Trotskyites, in the honor of Leon Trotsky, collectivists and Trotskyites, who tweeted about like how outrageous the Republicans and conservatives' response was to this, usually um, in the same tweet handle that has multiple pictures of them cooking on, of course, gas stoves, gas stoves, including the Vice President <laughs> Jill Biden, <laughs> including AOC, Elizabeth Warren. Don't forget Elizabeth Warren. She, yep. she... So Ronnie Jackson <laughs> is a hero. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, dude, scrub your Twitter. Scrub your Twitter feed if you're going to do something stupid like that. Yeah. Now, uh, this is a great segue. because uh, any, any more energy environmental stuff? Uh, I, don't know, I, I, I have stoves written down. Is the yeah, only thing yeah, I have yeah, that's what we got. Yeah. So, so apparently Gavin Newsom is really um, – he spends a whole lot of time thinking about other governors in other states and the stuff that they're doing or not doing. He's worried about And their, he gave his little like state state uh, state, of, state, the state of the state or yeah. maybe he was just uh, giving a speech. But I want to play a clip from that. You know, in our finest hours, California has, has been well, freedom's force multiplier, protecting liberty from a rising tide of oppression taking root in state houses, weaknesses, masquerading as strength, small men in big offices. More than any people, more than any people in any place, California has bridged the historical expanse between freedom for some and freedom for all. Okay, and there's another one where small he goes. Small people, small a, people. Yeah, know, That's you know, a direct jab, hit, right? But there's another one. I'm not going to play it. I'm going to put it in the show notes where he lists the litany of of injustices and wrongs that are being take that are being taken place by men who are posing as uh, governors, uh, governors who are really just flaming our fears so that they can grab authoritarian power. Blah 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 blah. What state in the union is involved in people's business more than 
any other state in the union. I can't imagine if it's a close tie between New York and California. California? Right? I mean, these are just classic Alinsky tactics, right? Take that, which is my weakness, and turn it into my strength. The governor from Getty is not a good person. No. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to uh, I don't, I don't give a him. shout out to our friends at the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, Steve Moore and, and the gang there. This was from their newsletter this morning. They're, they're Salt friends. cap and COVID lockdown drove high income exodus from California. A new paper by Stanford University professor Josh Rua, Rao, sorry, finds California's top earners are particularly mobile showing the highest rates of departure around tax policy changes such as Prop 30 and the Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2017, as well as the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. Consequently, potential net outflows of taxable income spiked to nearly $4 billion in the year TCGA was implemented in about $10.7 billion around COVID-19. High-income movers have been consistently more likely to leave California for zero-income tax dates since 2012, and those who experienced larger increases, yada, 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 um, were more likely to depart. So uh, California is uh, in the middle of an exodus because of tax policies and other uh, basically tyrannical top-down dictates and mandates, and yet Governor Newsom's calling it a true freedom state? Yeah, I mean, they've... um... Even even with with the in-migration from... Central America, uh, Mexico and Central America over the last 20 years, California's net net. They're down in population. It's the first time this last census is the first time they've lost population yeah, ever. I mean, I've lived in California. Ever? It's really hard to leave the, you know, the weather and the, you know, the stuff that you can do outdoors and everything else. And I love California, but it's not that hard to leave. Don't be ridiculous. So, you can find everything in Florida, <laughs> everything in California in Florida. Except, you can? Except the communism. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, so and the Steve and the inequality. gang called it the freedom to leave state, not the free, the true it's, freedom it's, state. Um, I, it, this is good. This is just interesting to me because, you know, nationwide people aren't probably not as tuned in as folks like we are to the differences, right? Let's hope not. But he's clearly setting up for a, a run between him and and DeSantis, and who he claimed to be a sure. small man in a big office. This, I mean, I want that conversation. I, I think that would be refreshing and good, considering all the stuff we've talked about, about red states being redder and blue states being bluer. Like, what? who wants to govern this country? There's no Blue way. or red, There's right? no way in the world. There's Here's the problem, right? All the states that the Democrats need to win, the Republicans need to win, all the states that are material to winning the presidency, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, um, they're either hostile to California's vibe, their vibe, dude. Those are the Midwestern states, right? Pennsylvania, yeah, Wisconsin, course. Michigan. Or they're full of California refugees who left for a reason, Arizona, Nevada, of course. So I'm curious to see what his big theory of the case is. The last Californian who, who became president was, of course. A very different California. Right. A very different California and a very different Californian. But the last time he won... An open election was 44 years before this next thing. It, dude, did, 
the, the world has changed. California's changed. The United States perceptions of California right. has changed, right? The other 49 states no longer look at it like a Mecca. They look at it as a problem child. Yeah. my uh, Our dear colleague, Lisa, uh, had got stuck during uh, Christmas, the the other yeah. fiasco, the yeah. flight fiasco, thanks, Secretary Pete. Um, she said she could not believe how bad San, the streets of San Francisco were. She was blown away by it, like seeing it with her own eyes. She yeah, I wondered like, about that. I, she I, was just blown. I wonder away about right because you know you never can really trust reports from anybody yeah. until you see it with your own yeah. eyes. Yeah, I, I look. It's a little bit like DC, right? Nobody, nobody, everybody's like, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, unless you have to walk home at right. night. And then it's like, eh. It's New York in the 1970s all of a yeah. sudden. Go, Gavin, go. I hope you run. I hope you run. Dude, that guy's got the best run. hair ever. Yes. I am looking forward to the Democratic primary between him and Vice President Harris. It is going to be epic. All right. I want to. Tom. Yeah. We shouldn't be burdened by what has been. <laughs> I want to shift gears and let's drill, dive into this Biden document thing just for a little sure. bit, shall we? So uh, you heard the president. He's, uh, of course, cooperating fully. He can't imagine. I can't believe that this actually happened. Um, in his clip, he mentioned, by the way, he's a university professor for four years. That that lie continues. Santos. That really takes, but he, but, like, but no, 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 no. Let me, just, let me just stop you. Let me just stop you on this University of Pennsylvania thing because you knew it was going to piss me off, which is why you put it in there, and it does piss me off. Let me just be real clear about a couple things, real quick. And I know I've been through this once, but let's do it again. Joe Biden did not attend the University of Pennsylvania. Joe Biden did not ever teach a class at the University of Pennsylvania. Joe Biden's literally his only connection to the University of Pennsylvania was that he convinced Amy Gutman, who was at the time the president of the University of Pennsylvania, to house the Biden Center for whatever and whatever the at centers Penn. of centers. At Penn. In the central center. For her for her problem there, for her for her willingness to do that. Yeah, I've got the numbers. She got a bunch of money from the Chinese. That's and right. Anywhere from 900000 to $55 million, depending on who you listen to. And she was made the ambassador to Germany as soon as Mr. Biden became president, despite the fact that she has no foreign policy experience, and doesn't speak German. Here are the numbers. One more the... thing, real quick. Oh. One more? Yeah. The University of Pennsylvania has only had one alumni who's been president in uh, the entire 200 and... Was that Donald Trump? It was, in fact, Donald Trump. And for the first two years of his presidency, they refused to identify him in the alumni know, magazine. Right? So all you Penn grads out there, and I'm one of you, if you give money to the University of Pennsylvania, you are part of the problem, and you are a terrible well, person. I have my beef about the University of Southern California too, but I'm not going to discuss it on this. Go ahead. Podcast. That's because that's because the Biden Center doesn't exist. No, the there's other stuff going California. on there. That's totally right, go shocking. Go ahead. Now that I've had, now that I've got my rancor, the up. University of Pennsylvania took over 100 million dollars in donations from China. Golly. That's 389 percent more than the average American university takes in foreign donations. Oh boy. The uh, the the next closest country um, is England, the UK at 57. The next closest country. Good <laughs> Lord. Yes. So so 10 top 10 foreign donations to pen by country. China is like way ahead, way ahead. Right. OK, 
So that's one thing. The second thing is so is that slavery and genocide is paying off. The since the story broke, and by the way, uh, oh, I want to play this clip from Mike Davis. You know who he is, right? He used to be uh, on the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee. Yeah, this story is uh, this, this story is going to legit. Kill he me. was um, Grassley's guy during uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the recent uh, Supreme Court nomination for Kavanaugh, right? Let me play this clip because I want to uh, set this up a little bit. For being on the program, you were a regular during the persecution of Donald Trump for holding and misusing and uh, mixing classified documents with other documents in an unsecure facility down in Mar-a-Lago, resulted in a raid. You were on the program regularly talking to people, talking to our audience about how Donald Trump has the right to do this. Does Joe Biden have the same right? Um, he does not. Uh, when you're a, the president of the United States, you have the, the constitutional and statutory power under the Presidential Records Act to declassify and take any records you want when you leave office. You can make you can take a personal copy of records, and it goes to the office of former president that has uh, federally funded office space, federally funded staff, Secret Service protection. It's a very secure environment. Contrast that with Joe Biden, who did not have the constitutional or statutory power under the Presidential Records Act to take any documents when he le left office, let alone classified documents, and he took them apparently to an office in Washington, D.C. that he used as a fake professor for the University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> you have to ask who had access to this office, uh, that he had these, it looks like at least 10 classified records in his, uh, his office in Washington, D.C. Did Hunter, is this the office that Hunter Biden used for his yes. meeting? Is this the office that James Biden used for his meeting? Okay, so there's distinction number one. I like right, the, I like the fake professor thing. <laughs> I might okay. use that. President versus vice president, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. The, the, a couple other things our listeners should know. This was discovered on November second. What day was the election? November eighth. Hmm. Why did it take until January tenth for this stuff to come out? Because the administration was operating out of an abundance of transparency. Oh, I see. Okay, sure. <laughs> I got it. Okay, great. So Biden said, oh, it's just a few documents back when I was a professor. Don't know how it got there. Fully cooperating. Okay, so here's an article from yesterday. This is from NBC News. Biden aides find second batch of classified documents at a new location. On Monday, White House acknowledged a small number of classified documents had been found in an office Biden used. Aides to President Joe Biden have discovered at least one additional batch of classified documents in a location separate from the Washington office he used after leaving the Obama administration, according to a person familiar with the matter. Read that sentence again. Aides to President Joe Biden have discovered at least one additional right batch. There. What are the relevant words in that sentence? AIDS have discovered? Nope. What it, just at least. Oh yeah, at least. What, okay, what, what they they are they are teeing us up for oh, a yeah. slow rollout of this stuff. Okay. This thing is huge. Out well, there. let's see. This is January twelfth from Bloomberg. Some classified material found in storage in Biden's garage. Which garage? He owns like four. The Obama administration is fully cooperating with the National Archives and the Justice Department in a process to ensure 
that any Obama-Biden administration records are appropriately in possession of the archives, says Richard Sauber, special counsel to the president. Sauber says lawyers searched Biden's Wilmington and Rehoboth Beach residences after the discovery of documents at the Penn Center in November 2022. During the review, the lawyers discovered among personal and political papers a small number of additional administration records with classified markings. All but one of these documents were found in storage space in the president's Wilmington residence garage. How much confidence, how much classified information do you figure there is on the laptop? I have no idea. Neither do I. But I just, If the FBI I, was doing I mean, its job, we'd know by now. This, this is, okay, this is exactly why. Yeah, it's so hard to take care exactly of. This is exactly why everyone is so friggin' like unhinged about what's going on. It's clear we're being lied to. It's crazy town. And then, okay, well, wait a minute, though. But, 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 but wait, just wait. Here's the reason. Here's the reason it's not the same. Really, I mean, I I think that, no, what you just said is right, that that there are differences in what happens. Yes, but the arguments are not good. Well, we all know that Trump is a liar and a thief, you know? (laughs) So it's not that big a jump to say that he obstructed and he lied. We don't think that Biden is a liar and a thief, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. So we all know Trump's a liar and a thief, but Biden's an honest guy, so this this is like night and day, the situation, this case. Tell me again why we... Give certain people to vote. <laughs> it, it this is not going away. I, I don't no, even like. I don't even like. I'm not going to be the one that says, "Oh, see, see, you know, oh, you know." The well, certain presidents have the authority. That's right to do this. That's right. He can do it essentially sua sponte. It, it two things strike me right away. Right that are that are think worth paying attention to as you're going along on this. One is, um, this stuff happens. People cart away classified documents all the time, and you don't think about it, and it winds up getting mixed up as you're walking out of the office. It's a fairly common thing. Usually, it gets taken care of administratively, right? The, the National Records, National Archives Records calls you up and says, hey, man, you know, can you send us the stuff? Sure. Um, the difference here is, of course, Trump's was paraded around as like the most important thing ever. Before the election and turned it into a how-many-day story. It was a two-week right? story. You also had the guy— um, yeah, and Mike Hayden, basically the former grown man in charge of something. Yeah, NSA or CIA. So yeah, we should execute the president. Right. Um, Even or, you had you know rivals like Pom- now now rivals like Pompeo say yeah this is, yeah. this is just looks bad. Yeah, but so anyway, it happens. That's one and two is you know we had this this obviously enormous discrepancy in how this story is getting treated. But the third thing I want everybody to think about is. If you're going to clear out a president of the United States from office that you want cleared out, this is an excellent way to do it. Oh, I, I that they, was uh, going to be my last point, which is the, uh, you know, the media industrial complex yeah. got what they wanted in November. Now what they want something else, right? Yeah, and I, so I, I, we, I don't... we've talked, we've alluded to this. This, this is a. Uh, you know, there's there is a method to their madness on this. Well, we'll right? you know what? We'll know right away. You know how we'll know? Um, we'll know 
if it keeps this slow drip rollout and we'll know when there's a New York Times editorial about, well, it's time for Mr. Biden to come clean on what he knows and didn't know. The thing that other thing that struck me, you can't it can't see it on on paper. Um, his answers to questions about this have been in writing and he's read them, which tells me that the lawyers have written it for him. Oh, of course. You know, well, you say, of course, but. It's unusual for the president to do that, right? Usually he's got himself a little palm card and he kind of, you know, it's a crib sheet. This thing was, that paragraph response he gave about being surprised. Oh, yeah. That was written it was out. Very he word, read it word exactly. for word, which yeah. means he, which means the lawyers must be worried about it enough to like script answers for him, right? I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I yeah. bet you there's it's more. It's just not the same though, because he's an honest guy. He never he never tells any fabrications. Tom, he he's went to the University a, of Pennsylvania. He's, he's got to be an honest guy. So. He's a professor at Penn. All right. Um, what, did, what did that guy call him? Fake professor? <laughs> yeah, Mike Davis. Mike, I got to use that. Fake professor. Yeah. Mike Davis probably went to Iowa or some god-awful place like that. Uh, but even uh, he knows it's a Any more on the Biden thing? It's going to kill me. I'm going to seriously kill somebody. Go ahead. Okay, so this is just breaking news. There was a, a White House briefing, and uh, I want to play this, and then uh, we can close with uh, a special a special moment in history. Dun, 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 okay, dun, dun, dun. so apparently uh, Biden was uh, able – someone was able to ask Biden some questions, and Peter Ducey <laughs> does what Ducey <laughs> does. Here we go. <laughs> Next year, Corvette, what were you thinking? Let me, uh, look, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So but anyway. in a garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, <laughs> but as I said earlier this week, people know... Oh, man. This is the United States of America. By the way, my Corvette's locked in a garage. You know, we're just a country basically made up of rednecks and religious cranks. It's It's great. great. (laughs) Okay, so during my research, I discovered that, and I had no idea that William Shatner was Canadian. No, yeah, sure. It blew me away. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, I never, never even crossed my mind that William Shatner was Canadian. He's, he's, he's. He's got to be Canada's greatest gift to the United States of America. He's not only Canadian. He's, he's like, his parents, like half Jewish and half Christian. I mean, he's, he's a very interesting guy. He's got a couple things going on. You're not going to play this, are you? (laughs) Oh no, you are. Let's have it. Did you see it? I've seen it. Yeah. So our friends at. the Super 70s sports <laughs> Twitter site busted this doozy out. We got to close with this. We do. You just Go have to. Go. So here it is, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. Just touch down, bring me around again. Five These were the greatest decade. No one there to raise them. No one there to raise them. If you did, 
just my job five days a week <laughs> and all this science i don't understand <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen five days a week. this is a wrap <laughs> episode 115 in the books namaste rocket man because <laughs> he's a rocket man 